one knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And how's everybody doing out there? Welcome to another edition of the program. Big Dave Lemon, Joe Rodriguez here from South Florida as we uh, bring you another show, Poker Action Line. And uh, look forward to having some fun with you tonight. Uh, A few things to talk about, obviously, in the world of poker. One of the big ones is the uh, U.S. Poker Open, which is being played at the Aria. And uh, uh, certainly... uh, we're keeping an eye on that because it's on Poker Go. Uh, one of the best uh, investments I think I ever made as far as entertainment, you know, obviously uh, the World Series of Poker, we all knew what was going to happen. Uh, and as you say, you don't like watching something after you already know the results. Exactly. So uh, this is pretty much live. Uh, of course, there is a slight delay, but I'm enjoying watching it. But it's close it. to real time. And it's a bunch of high rollers. It's 10,000, 25,000 events, including a 25,000 mixed game tournament that's been completed. So I want to talk about that. Negreanu is there. Helmuth is there. Justin Bonomo, all the big names. Uh, not all the big names, but a lot of the big names. Eric Seidel. Uh, and uh, some players that we've uh, really broken on the scene with, uh, Schill Hobble from Germany and Rainer Kempe, uh, several like that. And so we'll talk about that tonight. And i got a couple of hands I want to look at from uh, one of the tournaments that uh, I watched uh, yesterday. Uh, what, or actually, I think it was the day before because it was event number three was a $25,000 okay. no limit. I wanted to see the mixed game, and I caught the very end of that after Helmuth had been knocked out. At the final table, went down to the final three, but we'll talk about some of those champions and and what's been happening so far, what's still to come. Uh, I think we'll start off, though, just by kind of uh, reviewing some of the tournaments we were talking about last week that uh, were not finished and and got finished uh, shortly after we did the show. So I always like to give people a record of what's been happening. You can always go back to the shows and and, uh, stake out the major tournaments. But, of course, Aussie Millions uh, was underway, and they were headed toward their main event. Um, because of the poker, the U.S. Poker Open, uh, WPT was playing at the Borgata. Down here in South Florida, we had a huge tournament, uh, Lucky Hearts Open. And uh, LAPC has been started. There's so much competition out there right now that a and lot I of the I would names, imagine some of them have suffered, too. Absolutely. We talked about the Borgata numbers absolutely. not being the same. Uh, I think last week we talked a little bit about Aussie Millions, but a lot of the players that used to go there every year... A lot of them haven't gone this year, and, of course, it's an expensive proposition. And, of course, why would you spend that kind of money for a plane flight where you have to be on the air, in the air for 20 hours? Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to read that, something that funny about away. it, look at Lewis Black's uh, routine on, on traveling to New Zealand. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. You know, he, that, that had me in tears. When so so I'll quickly that. run down the, uh, the final finish in the main event. Uh, Toby Lewis uh, was the winner, $5.8 million. Or I'm sorry, 1.4 Australian dollars with his win. Uh, Espen uh, Solas finished second. Ben Richardson was third. Uh, the only name that I had heard before was American Mike Del Vecchio. So uh, uh, he he is uh, certainly a very good player from the United States, and he finished in fourth place. 470 Australian. Uh, you know what the exchange Australian. is? I do not. And right now they're playing in Canada on the WPT. I don't know that exchange. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I don't want to say I don't care, but, uh, you know, it's all Monopoly money to me anyway. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> they got to have that wire transferred. You ain't carrying that on a plane. So uh, the one we've really been looking closer at was the Borgata, which is always a great tournament every year. A lot of our favorites uh, play in that every year. Uh, Eric Afriot was the winner. Now, Eric, may, people may, may know, he's he's not a full-time professional. He's in real estate, I believe, and he, he's from Montreal. And he won a big tournament down here a couple of years ago, the 2015 uh, WPT Summer Showdown at the Seminole Hard Rock. And uh, it was kind of a surprise then. And, uh, you know, I guess when a guy who just plays occasionally and is, has his own businesses and stuff like that, it's always a surprise to see someone like that. Well, I think. think it's less of a, less of a surprise once you've taken one nice big well, one down. Exactly. Good point. You know, so he's obviously a very good player because now you've taken down two big tournaments. Right. Uh, how much did he make for the Borgata? Do you have the numbers uh, in I front do. of you by any uh, chance? Yes, I do. Uh, 651000 There you go. Uh, very happy to say that a guy that has been on our show many times, several times, uh, Justin Zaki from Tampa, he was on, I remember the very first year, I got a chance to meet him when I was very excited about covering a lot of tournaments for the first time, uh, was where I met Abby Daniels, and Justin was at that original final table at the Seminole Hard Rock, their first huge WPT event, uh, and, uh, he's a young, he's yeah, a young, young guy, uh, guy. probably, uh, upper, early 20s, or I mean late 20s now, uh, maybe early 30s, but he's from the Tampa area, and, uh, Played great in that tournament, got a couple of really bad beats, so one at the hands of Abby, and I think he went out in uh, fourth or fifth place, something like that. Uh, that was one of the first years they ever had it. So uh, people that played in that tournament, guys like uh, Alan Barry made that final table, and I think the next year Tommy Vita's won, and a lot of those people we don't even see anymore. Yeah, Who knows that's... if they're still playing or not. That's how hard it is to make that, that. To me, it actually shows how impressive it is when we constantly hear throughout the year, you know, some of the players that we consistently mention here making final tables exactly. throughout the year. Exactly. But a lot of big names in that one, and uh, winning the tournament was uh, Eric Afriat. Uh, Zachy earned 434000 finishing second. Zach Grunberg was third. He came into the final table uh, with 17 million chips. The eventual winner, uh, Alfriot, had 2.2 million chips. Oh, that's how poker so is. That's how around. poker is. You know, you, you double up a couple of times, especially against the chip leader, and now all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're equal. Right, exactly. Uh, Joe McKeon, former uh, World Series of Poker main event champion, uh, a couple of years ago was in fourth place. Michael Martyr took fifth, and Stephen Song finished in sixth. So that was a very interesting table right here. Or right, uh, right uh, in Atlantic City, uh, the Borgata, a lot of our friends that we've known over the years had on the show, did very well, cashed, and uh, don't have a complete rundown of those. But uh, uh, a very interesting final table, and uh, still uh, one of the major tournaments, I think, uh, around the country. Not not as bright, uh, shining star as it used to be, though. No, because of the of the fierce competition yeah, absolutely. That, that there is now. Not like I said, and I think the the biggest part of that competition is that you know the Hard Rock has decided to you know to join the party, and they've come. They they, they didn't knock on the door; they knocked it down. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. You know, 
that's it's kind of hard. You mentioned it on the show. It's kind of hard to compete against that when you've got that weather. I mean, we complained about it being cold here at 50 degrees, and you know the rest of the country is is, is near zero for temperature. So you know, 50 seems like a heat wave for a lot of these people. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know, it's like I said. The hard rock, I think, within the next five years is is going to be as as big as just about any tournament outside of the WSOP. I think so. I think event, so. And then, uh, of course, uh, certain places opened. And then there's places that were supposed to open that may not ever open. I'm referring to the win in, in, uh, outside of Boston. So... Uh, you know, it was a it was a great tournament, and they have moved on now to Falls View, uh, which is in the uh, uh, Niagara Falls region up there. Uh, always uh, kind of a nice little tournament. I remember when Anthony Zeno won back to back events one year. One of those was at Falls View. Uh, LA Poker Classic (LAPC) has been going on for several weeks, but their main event starts on February 24th. That's where they will go after Falls View. And then up the coast to Rolling Thunder. No Bay 101 this year. Remember, uh, yeah. they eliminated that event, and that's kind of uh, surprising. That was the Shooting Stars event, no? Exactly, the Bay 101 Shooting Star. And uh, then finally after that, uh, they'll be headed down here in South Florida in uh, April for the Seminole Hard Rock you know, uh, showdown. That's interesting. I'd love to have a, a like a little... <laughs> A little town meeting, I guess, with the top poker uh, players. Well, I'm going to talk to Matt Savage about it. He has made some comments on why they did it and what will happen, whether they will come back again. But I know they made some changes and some rebuilding uh, at the place, which would seem to indicate that they were ready to continue the relationship. But uh, maybe now that a few months have gone by, uh, Matt can be forthcoming about uh, what's actually happened there. Well, you know, listen, as we've mentioned, the competition has become very fierce for tournaments. And to be honest with you, Dave, looking at it, at first I think it's a good thing for players, but I don't know if it's a good thing in the long run where some of these people may not be able to sustain, you know, what they've been doing and eventually, as as the, you know, Bay 101 has done, gotten, you know, canceled the tournament that was, you know, a, a big favorite. Right. And you know the it, it's like they say when when the biggest when the biggest people in the room kind of monopolize everything, Dave, you know, I I don't know if it, if that's good for the poker players, you know, in the long run. Right. So, well, we've mentioned that this could be a possibility years ago. Sure, sure. And it didn't look like that was trending that, but now we're we're seeing a lot of some of these fields that like like we just mentioned earlier in the show the Borgata you know, not having the same numbers, not having the same shine that that tournament had because of different tournaments around the country, you know, that, that kind of, you know, uh, mix in with their with their dates, and people have to kind of decide, am I going right. to be here, am I going to be there? And, you know, I, I think this is a trend that we're going to keep seeing, that people are going to kind of scale back on their tournaments, and there's where I'm thinking that it may not be as good as, as it is right now for poker players. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Falls View, by the way, the main event starts uh, this Saturday. Uh, we're doing a show on a Wednesday on February 10th. Uh, it's Canadian, 5000 Canadian uh, dollars for the buy-in there, and they will uh, kick off the main. They uh, got underway earlier this week on Monday with a, an $1,100 event. And uh, the, the main, as I mentioned, is uh, starts on Saturday, February 10th, and ends on Monday the 12th. So following that, uh, they will move uh, 
you know, to LAPC, I think there's a little bit of a break in between there, and uh, there's also breaks in between the Rolling Thunder tournament and then them coming down here. Uh, as far as the circuit goes, uh, they're in Potawomi, which is uh, outside of Milwaukee. Uh, Potawatomi is uh, the name of the uh, Indian casino there, which is uh, uh, outside of Milwaukee, and they are underway in that event. In fact, they've got about seven, six tournaments in, and they are headed for their main event this weekend as well. So, uh, again, smaller events with not a lot of people that you would have heard of, but certainly um, has its niche in the Midwest there. We talked last week about uh, uh, Chris Fox Wallace's uh, new adventure that he's worked on. And then, of course, the the Heartland Poker Tour and uh, the Midwest, I think, Poker Tour and some smaller ones like that. So there's always stuff out there, whatever your level of play and whatever you can afford. Right. You're just hoping that it comes close to where you live. So, right, exactly. So you don't have tr- too much of traveling expenses. But the big thing on the circuit is uh, Coconut Creek, Seminole Coconut Creek, uh, which, for those of you that don't know, is right at the uh, Broward-Palm Beach County line, uh, just into Palm Beach, actually. And uh, it is out west from the beaches, um, out near 441. And uh, right up the road from the aisle. Yeah, it's directly west of the aisle. Yeah. Uh, Maybe just one exit north. But I would say probably about maybe less than 10 miles. And uh, certainly uh, their first venture into uh, big tournament poker. So we're very excited about that. A uh, fellow there, Pablo Perez, is the uh, poker room it for director. Many years. Uh, you worked with him before, uh, yeah, and a very, ca- a very capable, capable guy. Yes, he is, and nice a very, guy. and a very nice, job, yeah. a very nice guy. Absolutely, they get underway tomorrow, uh, which is Thursday, February eighth, with a 365 buy-in starts at 11 a.m. So uh, I'll be heading over there to uh, see a few of those events. Uh, no senior event on here, as I see, and uh, usually that was always a part of that. Where at the the circuit For event? The circuit. I don't re- do you really. Yeah, I, there I was always a senior. It. I wish I, I wish I had known that when we went up to West Palm Beach. To there may that. be a senior tournament that's non-ring, uh, but it's not one of the twelve events. Nor is there a women's event, although I believe there's something uh, smaller uh, again toward the end of that series. But uh, they do have uh, mostly. Uh, no limit hold'em events. They do have a PLO event, a 365 on February 14th, uh, Valentine's Day. They have a 3250 high roller event, and the main starts on February 16th and 17th. So new for them, uh, just another step along the way for the, for the circuit down here. But we'll certainly uh, find out what that's going to be like to head over there. Yeah, it's, this is this is the first one that they're doing. You know, after West Palm Beach, right? Or did they do one last? No. The, the circuit yeah, event. Palm Beach was, this, uh, the, was last this is, year. This is the first one first that the, the Hard yeah. Rock properties are doing it. Yeah. They have a uh, 10,000 square foot uh, kind of a tent. Uh, people don't like being called a tent, but uh, it's called the Pavilion. It's uh, their entertainment venue. So that's where they're going to be playing that uh, in there. 12, 12 ring events and plenty of other side events. 365 on up to 32.50, and satellites starting at just 65 dollars. So lots of good value there, and uh, we will uh, look forward to seeing that. It's certainly a lot of fun. 
and we'll be reporting on that and see what kind of turnout there is in, in relationship to Palm Beach. I don't know what you think about that as far as how it's going to Well, unfortunately, handle. we're really not going to see, too, I mean, we're going to see the numbers that for the tournament, but, you know, t- to me as a poker room manager, you know, I, I look at the bottom line as to how it affects, you know, and, I, you know, obviously, you know, the Palm Beach, I knew how it affected them. You know, it right. it doubled, it doubled their rake uh, for the month of, of February for years. So that's why I'm so shocked that they gave that up. Right. You know, and it's just you know with the amount of tables that they have there, it's just that was 12 days of just going absolutely crazy. Yeah. And, and I would imagine it probably started even a few days before that when people who came from out of town you know settled in a few days to get some rest and sat at the at the cash tables prior to that so uh like i said i wish we could get Noah on here to discuss that one day well we'll, we'll look forward to uh talking to him and see if he he will do that he's not all that excited about coming on the show i don't think but we'll see what i happens. think we've only had Noah on once right. in all the years that we've been and we've been on the air almost eight years now right dave yeah absolutely uh, March will be eight years. Uh, just looking at quickly at the uh, Coconut Creek, uh, all the events, including the satellites and the uh, nightly tournaments and the additional stuff, I do not see any ladies' event. Uh, I do see a seniors' event. It's a $250 buy-in. It's going to be on Sunday, February 18th. So uh, there you go. Yeah, well, 250 hey, $250, there you go. Can seniors' you event on what day was it again? April? It's a Sunday, I think. On a Sunday? Yeah, it's a Sunday. For oh for the you're talking about the circuit event yeah, uh-huh. oh I didn't know that yeah all right I keep well, that in mind I might keep that in mind does it have the exact date on there I know you said it was a Sunday but what day was it the 18th the 18th all right ah, maybe maybe I can, maybe I can uh, squander down there take that forty something mile fifty mile ride from the house yeah it is a ways for you no question okay I want to concentrate mostly tonight's show on the U S Poker Open and talk about a few hands. Talk about uh, who's there and what's happening. It's uh, as we talked about last week. It's always uh, you know if you're going to watch poker on TV, you don't want to see six guys that you have no idea who they are. I uh, well, you don't see, mind. You for don't me, mind I don't mind that. I just want to see it, you know, as close to real time as possible. You know, when when you know that it's only on whatever a half hour delay, you know, I enjoy it. Like I said, I remember when they did that for the main event. Yeah, that was the first time I really enjoyed the hell out of that because, you know, I'm watching it in real time. Right. You've been singing the praises of uh, Poker Go for, for a long time. So, you know, may, maybe I'll pay the $10 for the one month to watch one of these. But, you know, I want to see it like that. That's, that's when I like to see the tournaments. I, I can't, personally, I can't stand watching most tournaments, uh, and, and you know, when I know the results. The only one that I kind of really enjoyed watching was when uh, – what was this guy two years ago with Stacy, uh, the guy from England? Oh, uh, Kasuf. Kasuf. I just wanted to see him, even though I knew the result. I wanted to see how it played out. I wanted to see his face. Yeah, exactly. That's about the only thing I've enjoyed watching on a delay for a while. So, so we'll get back to the uh, U.S. Poker Open when we return. We'll take our first break in the show. I also want to have a little discussion. There's a new. Uh, uh, poker card company that's putting out some new cards and has some big hopes they are in with the wpt and we'll be uh, using them this year and it's called faded spade and i want to talk about that and uh, some ideas about cards that you have from the years that you bought cards for your for your room and kept a close eye on what was happening with them as well so 
Yeah, we'll get to that later. It's a large expense in the room, yeah, so absolutely. you know you need quality with price at yeah. the same time. Well, we'll get to that in just a bit, but we'll take our first break in the show. Uh, of course, uh, check us out on Hold'em Radio Network and uh, several other places, including uh, SoundCloud is one of the best places to go, and you can always tweet out the show to other people, to your friends, and uh, give them a good link to that as well. So uh, we'll get to some other places you can find the show later on. But certainly, we hope you'll join us every week. We'll be back with more after these messages on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. You around MVP. Yeah, man. Yo, Drew, I finally got round MVP. Round MVP. No way. That was some ownage. It's a good thing you got me as your wingman. Right. You mean when you threw that flash grenade at me? Whatever, man. Huge round. Seriously, great stuff. Finally earning round MVP takes determination. All right, class. I'm going to pass back your test. And a high score goes to... Brian. Oh, yeah. High score, baby. We're all good at something. Maybe it's break dancing or skateboarding or video games. Whatever you're good at, you have the skills to make it happen. And those same skills will help you get to college. Visit knowhowtogo.org to learn what you should be doing right now to prepare for college. Start taking the steps at knowhowtogo.org. I've got what it takes. So do you. Brought to you by the American Council on Education, Lumina Foundation, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the show. The uh, U.S. Poker Open, uh, somewhat similar to the Poker Masters, which was played last summer out of Vegas, uh, and they gave a purple jacket away to the winner. I guess, I don't know if that didn't fly too well, but they have a trophy <laughs> this year. It's a purple a, jacket. Yeah. It's a spectacular trophy, by the way. Uh, very nice uh, glass trophy. Um, pretty cool. Uh, I think uh, Stephen Chidwick was now won two of the early events, uh, they asked him about uh, taking it home. He said, ah, it's going to be a little tough to pack, but I certainly <laughs> am happy to have it. Uh, but I want to get to some of the early results. Uh, let's start with what, the one that's uh, finishing up right now. As we speak, it was the $10,000 No Limit Hold'em event number five. Uh, they started with the final table today. Actually, Daniel Negreanu did cash but didn't make the official final table. He finished in seventh. He and was the bubble for the final table. Right. And then they went uh, to action today. The first one out was Roger Johnson. Christina Holst, the only uh, woman in the tournament, made the final table, ended up finishing in fifth. 
And Kerry Katz, who is uh, having a pretty good series, a uh, regular high roller guy, uh, was just knocked out in fourth place. So they're down to three players. Uh, Jake Schindler, who I believe lives, lives down here. I think he did at one point anyway. But uh, Jake is still alive along with Ryan Reese, uh, former main, main event, event champion at the World Series of Poker uh, from Michigan. He uh, went to school at Michigan State. And, of course, uh, we Big all Big Detroit know he, fan. Yeah, he had the uh, Calvin Johnson jersey yeah. on when he won the title. Uh, he is in third place with 1.65 million chips. Jake is in second, 2,095,000. And Ben Tollerine is the chip leader with 2.705 million. So... Uh, they are finishing up there, and they'll be done soon. But that is event number five. Event number six got open er, underway early today. That's a 25,000 no-limit tournament. And Daniel Negreanu is the chip leader in that one. Uh, Rainer Kempe is third currently. Justin Bonomo is fifth. Uh, there, the first two events uh, were early. I want to kind of concentrate on the one I watched, which was event number three, a $25,000 no-limit hold'em. And I also saw some of the, as I mentioned, the $25,000 mixed game. They were both won by Stephen Chidwick, uh, who is from Great Britain. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of hands, but just to give you the results of the tournament, Chidwick was the winner of Event 3. All these tournaments are running somewhere between 60 and 80 players, so not a bad turnout. uh, A $25,000 Mixed game, which you you would think would be much lower, had 44 players. Okay. Uh, a pretty good turnout for uh, something I think is kind of revolutionary to have a high roller mixed game event. You don't really see that uh, too often. You see mm-hmm. high rollers, you see mixed game tournaments, but you don't see high roller mixed game. Right, but we know that they like to play the dealer's choice games, which has like eight, eight or ten different games to choose from, and I don't know how many this mixed game had. Uh, the choices, was it about the that same? That was the 44. Eight? That was the 44. It had yeah. eight to ten different games that you could choose from? Eight games, correct. Eight games, okay. Yeah, eight so game we've kind of been seeing it grow a little bit at the World Series of Poker. Yeah, there's been some know? events and some 10,000 buy-in events. And, uh, you know, obviously the 50,000 is a mixed game event, the Poker Players Championship. So we do see that once a year. But all these other tournaments, you never see high roller PLO or high roller mixed game or... High roller. I would imagine. Eight. I would imagine that they've gotten a feedback from players that have said that they'd be interested in playing that type of game to run this type of tournament at yeah. this at this price tag. Well, I think so. I I think you know there, there's a demand that eventually be filled, whether you know people like it or not. So I, I I'm kind of encouraged by the fact that there was 44 players when the 25 thousand dollar no limit hold'em event drew 68 or something like that so that's not 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 a bad percentage of of the the yeah my my guess is some of these players would ask for this type of game because they feel that they've gotten much stronger at the different types of games that are being played yeah you know so if if you believe that that you are adequately uh strong enough in in almost all the games you figure you're going to have a slight advantage over a lot of your opponents yeah absolutely uh, by the way, these are all uh, streamed on Poker Go. If you have the subscription, uh, I don't know if they're offering any free offers to see it once or something like that. But it's kind of cool. It's at the Aria, and the background is like you can look out into the valet parking tunnel, 
and see cars driving past. So it's kind of something a little bit different as opposed to just seeing a wall behind them. Where you like don't like I said, you've different. been singing Poker Girl's praise, and I like you, you like the way the Aria's doing this. And yeah, Nick Schulman, by so the way, is doing a lot of the commentary, uh, and I don't know who the other guys are, to be honest, but uh, it's fun, it's, and I've enjoyed watching it. But Chidwick uh, won event three, and uh, Keith Tilston, who I'd never heard of before, but uh, he actually is a former University of Texas student. Uh, he finished second. Negranu was third. Uh, Jake Schindler finished fourth. Brett Hanks was fifth, and sixth was Seth Davies. And then if Schulman did play in the event and got knocked out just short of the final table, but did cash in that tournament. Uh, then they came back with a 25K mixed event the next day, and Chidwick wins again. Uh, Chris Vich was in second. Vich or Vich, I'm not sure exactly how it's pronounced, but he finished second. Ike Haxton was third. Benjamin Pollock who finished in the final three this year of the uh, World Series of Poker main event, was fourth. Dan Shack was fifth. Phil Helmuth finished sixth. And Negrano finished seventh in that one as well. So pretty interesting, uh, you know, to see Helmuth and, and uh, Daniel. Yeah, well, let me tell you, you know, it, we know how Daniel is. The curious part is to see how many bullets he fired into these tournaments, you know? Well, I, I guess you can do that. I I don't know if, uh, you know, when you get up to 25K, I don't think you're seeing a lot of that going on. A lot of those bullets being fired? Who knows, you know what? I did not I did not see that to, to find out. <laughs> anyway, I did get to see a bunch of event number three, and we'll get to the early ones in a bit. But I want to talk about a couple of hands because, uh, obviously, Chidwick's an outstanding player. Although, uh, they took a poll last year that I saw this, and they said, who is the best player that has no luck whatsoever? And Chidrick was uh, the, got the most votes from the other players. That has no luck. That had that doesn't that's, get a lot of that luck. Seems, that seems to have changed this yeah, year. Yeah, huh? right, exactly. Well, you get your time, and then you, you, you do it. Anyway, he was down to head-to-head play with, uh, with Keith Tilston. And Tilston had about 4 million chips. Chidwick had, I think, 1.4 million. Uh, it looked like things were winding down to a close. And uh, this is hand 147 from the final table. And they had 1.4 for Chidwick, and what was the other? Four, about 4 million, four just million. over 4 million for So uh, the other Tilston. guy had them almost 3 to 1. Yeah. Uh, so Chidwick limped in, and I want you to, to tell me what you think about this, because I thought the first hand that I'm going to talk about is a hand that I didn't think he played it properly. I got very lucky. Uh, the second hand, I thought he played it brilliantly uh, that I'm going to talk about. But he limped in with, with pocket nines, nine of hearts, nine okay. of clubs. Tilston and checked. And their heads up. And their heads, their up. heads up. Okay. Tilston, you know, I don't have the exact uh, uh, blinds or anything, but uh, they were pretty big at that point. Okay. 300K, 600K, something like that. Okay. And if he's only got 1.4, you know. Yeah. Limping in is a good is a good thing because you figure you're going to get your money in regardless. Yeah, you know because that's half of your stack right there with six hundred thousand. So just Tilston just checked. He had Queen Seven offsuit, and the flop came. Jack, uh, actually the suits don't really matter in this hand, but to Jack Eight Queen Two Hearts. Uh, Chidwick was the only one with a heart. He had a Nine of Hearts, uh, but Jack Eight Queen, and of course Chidwick holing the pocket. Queens. Uh, pocket nines. Well, and, pocket and, nines. And Tilston now has, has po- a pair of queens. Right. So he takes the lead uh, in the hand. He leads out with 200k. 
with his top pair. Chidrick calls. The seven of spades is on the turn, so now he has right. two pair, uh, uh, Tilston. Right. And he shoves. Uh, uh, Chidwick shoved. Yeah, with, with, you know, top and bottom pair. Right. Chidwick, it's, it says here, this is, I think, backwards, but. Tilston, it says Tilston shoved for. Oh yeah, oh no, it's yeah. right. Uh, Tilston shoved with his with his two pair, uh, for one point one four million effective, which means right, which after, puts him in. Yeah, okay, which we started. Uh, Chidwick started with one point four. So after the uh, Annies and in the first bets, um, that was what was left. So Chidwick uh, called, and they turned over their cards, and he's in bad shape. Yeah, obviously. he needs a nine or a ten. Right. So six cards in the deck, two nines, four tens. Right out there. Um, My guess outs. is he hit the ten. He actually hit the nine. He hit the nine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I thought I, I just wondered how you look at this because uh, you know obviously you're looking for your opportunities. Pocket nines is a great hand head to head, obviously. And uh, I was just a little bit surprised that that he called. He took a lot of time and, and thought about it. Listen, uh, his opponent could have been putting a lot of pressure on him since he just, you know, completed the bet. Right. You know, and his opponent could have been putting pressure on him, thinking, all right, yeah, I'm going to get him to release. He may be holding a 10, you know, looking for the straight. Uh, could have a jack, you know, and, and to, to his queen. Uh, you know, his opponent made the right move. At that point... <laughs> Yeah, it's a toss-up yeah. whether to call or not. Okay. And at that point, the only thinking is that we have Dave is he knows how his opponent has been playing his hand since he had a almost right. Well, that's one the one thing league. we can never on so, show uh, decide about what's been happening or what you've seen you know, or tells or his opponent could have like had that. a ten king, you know, and you know again he didn't raise from the from the blind once once uh, Chidwick called uh, just you know smooth called with the pocket nines so a lot of things could have been going through his head you know he, his opponent could have had a, a pair of eights and thought he was you know gold with it right so at, at that point i'm almost inclined to call and hope that okay i need a 10 for a straight a 9 gives me a set you know and that my opponent may have just a pair of eights, you know, pair of sevens, uh, you know, well, the pair of sevens, no, but, well, yeah, pair of sevens because the seven hit on the, turn. on the turn. So, you know, it, it, it doesn't just entail this one hand that we're reading right. about because, sure. remember, you said it was hand 147. He's been playing with him also, you know, leading up to it. So he knows what his opponent is capable of pushing him with, knowing that he's short stacked, you know, and... I'm sure he didn't think that his opponent put him on such a good hand as pocket nines right. to start with. And he made the call. I'm sure he realized, you know, he was probably hoping that his opponent had a pair of eights since he well, didn't raise. Uh, you know, you figured he may have raised a queen something, you know, right. just to get him all in. Well, I had been watching for several, a couple dozen, three hand, three dozen hands maybe, and uh, Tilston had held the lead for quite some time. So uh you know I think you're you're really kind of feeling like he's going to win this event. He's got two pair versus the nines and you think you know oh, no, this no, is no. over. He's, this thing is got, over. He's got a serious, you know, listen like what you said he had six outs. That's all his opponent had on him. 
He'll take that. He'll take that every single day. Yeah. Week. Anyway, that gave Chidwick the lead for the first time uh, in that tournament. He now had uh, oh, just under uh, three million chips. Uh, Tilston two point five, and uh, they played about eight more hands when uh, Chidwick limped in with uh, a six of diamonds. Okay, from the small blind. Okay. And Tilston was dealt pocket queens. And I'm sure he pushed. Uh, Tilston only raised up to 400k. All right, so the blinds weren't as big as we thought. If yeah, you maybe the 400, it was, maybe 100, 200. Yeah, that's or, probably or, I mean, it. He probably just or doubled 200, it. 400, maybe. No, if he raised to 400k, it would have probably been closer to the one two. Okay. Uh, Chidwick called, and the flop came. Three of diamonds, king of diamonds, eight of diamonds. And he was sitting with so the ace. So he flops the nut flush. Right. Uh, Tilston. Did, did uh, he have the queen of diamonds in his hand? No. Oh, wow. That would have really sealed it. But Tilston uh, continued for 300K. And what does Chis- Chidwick do, do you think? I would just smooth call right here. That's what he did. That's exactly what he did. Um, you know, looking to shove later in the hand, obviously. Uh, Hoping your opponent has a king king with the queen of diamonds or a king with the jack of diamonds. Right. And, you know, he's thinking that he's still very good. Okay, the uh, turn is a complete blank, the four of clubs. And Tilston checks. Now is it time to shove? No, I check. He checks again. You're right. That's exactly what he did. <laughs> and uh, so Tilston, uh, now I think what this did, well, obviously, is if he had made a, any kind of bet at all, Tilston probably, probably would have folded. Oh, right exactly. Back. You're trying to show weakness there. That you're more, more not only weaknesses, is you're hoping no diamond hits so that your opponent thinks you were chasing the diamond. Right. Uh, I've, that's, I mean, that would have been my thought process there. Correct. Uh, seven of clubs on the river. Perfect card. Tilston. What does Tilston do? Tilston, at this point, either either makes a big bet or pushes all, or, or probably makes a, a decent-sized wager. He, he did. 800000 And... Eight, eight and uh, Leaving him 570 behind. Would, I would have I pushed him all in at that point to see if now, you know... Oh, did I catch him bluffing, or does he think I'm bluffing and he's going to call me? Right. I would have pushed all in at okay. this point. And that's exactly what happened. Chidwick shoved all in. Tilston went in the tank, and I was very puzzled. Uh, I think because of the great bet that uh, Chidwick made on the turn. Yeah, the, the great non-bet. Right. The great exactly. non-bet, not only on the turn, call call on the flop. Uh, call on the, on, I mean, call before the flop, the raise. Just a call to the bed on the flop. Check and a check. So he had Tilson confused. Right. And I'm sure Tilson, I'm sure Chiswick wanted him to think he was chasing with the ace of diamonds or queen of diamonds, you know, looking to catch another diamond. And when, and, you know, I know Chiswick wanted a complete blank, black card on the river so that he could, his opponent could talk himself into a large wager that he could come over the top and completely confuse his opponent saying, well, either I've got him crushed with the pocket queens or he's got me crushed. You know, it's a 50-50. And at that point, you're down a half a million dollars uh, in chips. You're going to make that call. And he was so confused that he actually threw in a time chip, an extension chip. Um, What does he do? My guess is, I, I mean, listen, 
looking at the way this man has played his hand, I would have probably have folded that hand, but I wouldn't. I couldn't argue with him if he made the if call there. The call. And and my guess is. He wanted to fold, but I think he made the call. No, he folded. Oh, okay. There Which was a great, great, obviously great call. kept him alive in the tournament. Of course, he didn't do he didn't do what Chidwick did with him. Right. When it was a flop, when the river bet was supposed to come up with right. the pocket nines, that he was a big underdog. He figured he could come back with uh, you know almost six hundred thousand in chips. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he did fold, and the tournament ended on the next hand. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, at that point. He's got almost no choice, Dave, because, like we said, if he raised a minimum raise to 400000 my guess is if it's a min raise, it had to be a $200,000 blind with probably twenty five, $50,000 He's got two hands to decide. Right. So it's either going to be that hand or the next. And if he's the big blind, he's going to play any two cards to try to double yeah, up. Exactly. He, just, he just correctly figured out, I'm done in this hand. And let me at least try to see if I could double up on the next and, and double up again, and then we got a game again. Now he's got a nine to one chip lead. The next hand, uh, just to let you, just to put some closure on it, uh, Tilston uh, had king nine offsuit, moved all in. Chidwick snap called him he, with with ace three offsuit, That's a, and uh, the board was nothing. Ran out, ended with a couple of queens actually, and uh, which he needed the hand before, yeah, exactly. which, which is what he probably said. Salt to the wound, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, Tilston wins uh, 242000 and Chidwick uh, th- wins 374 yeah. Anyway, I thought it was very interesting. I enjoyed watching it. Uh, the production values are great. Uh, the table talk is interesting. The announcing is very good as well. And uh, still time to watch uh, some of the last tournaments. Eight tournaments altogether. They're in six well, right now. Well, I guarantee you he was talking five. to himself when he had the two pairs to a six-outer, and he had an ace-six ace of diamonds granted to pocket queens. He's, a, he's probably a 70-30 or more uh, favorite uh, in that hand, right. I would imagine. Yeah. So. All right, but that's the way those heads-up battles end, usually, yep. something like yep. that. Okay, let's take our last break. No, it's not our last break. No, uh, we'll, we'll take our second, second break. break. And uh, we will be back. Uh, still some other things to talk about, including a brand-new card company called Faded Spade. I want to get to that as well. And we'll uh, finish things up with the U.S. Poker Open on what's to come. And uh, finish things up uh, here, second part of the show. Thanks for being with us uh, tonight. And we'll be back with more of tonight's show when we return. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. 
However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Dave, what are you doing? Just sending a gift to Dave2037. Who? Me in the future. I save a little money from every paycheck for Dave2037 so he can buy anti-gravity boots or a hologram Doberman. What are you getting Steve2037? Steve2037 will be just fine. Okay, but don't expect to borrow my anti-gravity boots. Save something for the future. Put away a few bucks. Feel like a million bucks. For free ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. To the show, Big Dave and Joe having some fun talking U.S. Poker Open. Uh, currently in event number five, finishing up on the final table. And we'll see if we give you an update on the chips. Number six is also underway. We'll also uh, update you there. And then still two more events to come. Uh, Ryan Reese just got knocked out of event number three. Uh, two players left now. Uh, 67 entries in this one. And Reese gets knocked out uh, with Jack-7 suited in the small blind. Shipped his last uh, 1.1 million tolerine called with Ace-9 offsuit. And uh, nothing to uh, help Reese. Although, although the flop was pretty good, 5-4-3 offsuit. And uh, gave him a, a possible gut shot there. Uh, the king was no help. And then the 5 on the, on the board, uh, paired the board. So... Uh, Tolerine's up now to 3.65 million chips, and Jake Schindler is at 3.135. So uh, it'll be head-to-head for those two guys to win the title there. And uh, next payout, second place is 134k, and then uh, just over 200 for the uh, first place. So uh, finishing up, that's a $10,000 no-limit hold'em event. Uh, they are also playing event number six, which just got underway this afternoon. Um, of course, the time difference here, but they've been playing for a little while, but not not a tremendously long time. Uh, that is event six, and that is a 25k uh, no limit hold'em event. And uh, they have 31 entries, 27 players are left. And uh, Brandon Adams was just knocked out. Roger Johnson. Uh, just arrived to the game, but Negranu is the chip leader right now, 265k. Uh, Barry Wood second, Rainer Kempe third, Jason Kuhn fourth, Dan Smith is fifth, and uh, the magician playing in this one as well, 140k. So he's uh, still alive here. Yeah, well, I think him and Daniel are fighting out for the all-time tournament where uh, yeah, well, money money leaders. There's so. not that much prize money in this because there's so few players, but uh, you know they only have. 31 players right now, although there still will be more to come. But, you know, I don't know about you, but I've always enjoyed Daniel's talking at the table. Oh, yeah, so I'm sure he's bringing something up about that to Antonio if they're at the yeah. same table. Very fun to watch, no question about it. Uh, still to come, 
uh, event. Let's see if we have the final schedule here. Uh, two more events still to go, and uh, I think there's one more uh, Omaha tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we'll see if we can find that here real quickly. Uh, event 7 is uh, actually the tw another 25K No Limit Hold'em, so no more uh, mixed games in that. Uh, and event 8 is the uh, 50K main event, which uh, starts this weekend on Friday and will end on Sunday. So if you have Poker Go, be sure and check some of this out. It's uh, it's fun. You're really having a good time with it. Uh, another topic I wanted to discuss, which I mentioned earlier, and uh, certainly not enough time to cover all the uh, legislative stuff in Florida, but that's uh, in the works now, so it's a lot of stuff still to happen there. But I want to talk about this card company called Faded Spade, uh, started by a fellow, uh, Tom Wheaton, who uh, was in sales and marketing and played poker, uh, father of two, husband, father of two, and lost his job in, in sales and decided what he was going to do. He actually came up with a new brand of playing cards that he thinks helps bring back some fun to poker. Uh, to play poker? I mean, it's their, their cards. Uh, Regular cards? Yeah, thicker, maybe a little better plastic. Yeah, well, thicker sometimes isn't better. Well, not too thick. Uh, that's the story. Uh, one of the things I learned by reading the story was that a lot of poker rooms use bridge cards. Yeah, which are like a, size. Which is like a quarter of an inch thinner. Well, and they're, well, they're, they're, the reason that you say bridge cards is, and there's not, it's not because it's a, they're, they're thinner. Yeah, they're thinner About than a quarter the regular of an inch size, thinner. and the reason is to fit in the shufflers. Is well, not only yes, that because since most rooms have gone to that, but the reason that we that you went to bridge cards before shufflers was it was much easier for female dealers to, to hold handle, the cards. Hold that oh deck. wow, I didn't. So I didn't know yeah, that. so that was that was the reason for it, and uh, as opposed to the regular size, you know, it was a lot more difficult. So. You know, uh, you know the the men just got used to it. Uh, I remember when I was dealing, and they started using more of the bridge size, which is you know sits in your hand, obviously smaller. So you got to kind of adjust your fingers a little bit. I know for listeners out there who aren't dealers, you're going, what's what's the big deal? Believe it or not, it 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 was. It's not anything that you can't adjust to rather quickly if you just practice for a short while, but. You know, for someone who's been in the business as long as I have, and you were always dealing the standard size, you know, when I went to bridge cards, you know, it, 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 even though it's not that much shorter, it just feels that much shorter in your hands. And the reason that it was done was so that female dealers, obviously with smaller hands, right. had a much easier time dealing it. Now it's, you know, such commonplace that now when you take a regular size deck, that you just have someone who has one, if it feels so big in your hand. So, you know, it's just a matter of getting used to it and adjusting to well, it. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, do you think it matters exactly what the cards look like? Uh, does it time for a new design? The talk was that cards that they've used ever since uh, the poker boom in 2003 have all been tired, uh, same thing over and over again. To me, it doesn't matter. I would play with the Hooters deck, you know, the Hooters girls on it. You know, that would be fine with me. <laughs> Uh, so it doesn't matter to they me. But what about patterns, players? Dave? They have these patterns. I think that, and again, this is just me guessing on this, Dave. But 
I think that most of those patterns are to avoid people from marking them right. so where it's so easy well, to that, see. That's now, that doesn't that's mean the that they have tried to, to mark them. But trust me, I've had someone who did it in front of me, marked them with a very pointy knife, marked the jacks, queens, kings, and aces. I saw him marking them, shuffled the damn deck. This gentleman who did this at the time was in his late 70s, okay? And he would go, that's not one of the mark cards, that's not one of the mark cards. He'd just look at the top, okay, 70-something years old. I was probably in my 15, 16 years old. And he'd go, oh, that's a queen of hearts, queen of hearts. And to this day, I still couldn't see those marks that he marked on there. Really? Okay? Wow. I could not see them, okay? And he explained to me why it's a real interesting story because he made his living in the olden days in Cuba going from town to town and people would just buy the cards at their local pharmacy. So he had a friend. They would buy the decks, seal them so that they, I mean, uh, open them so they could reseal them. And then they would actually go back into the store without the owner seeing it and put these decks back into the wow. into play. So when they would get into, t- you know, when one the other one would get into town, the people would go and buy the decks there, and they didn't know that the sealed deck that they were opening up were already <laughs> were already marked. I mean, he was not only marking what what card it was, but also the suit. He'd be going king of clubs, ace of diamonds, wow. jack of spades. It was a it was, and, and I'm looking at the damn card, and I he goes, "There's the mark," and I still couldn't see the damn mark. Well, people would wonder, well, why do we need this? Well, supposedly uh, the Character designs are a little more modern, although I don't find them to be. You're talking uh, about the outrageous. back, obviously, right? No, I'm talking about the face cards. See. Here's uh, here's what a king of club uh, spades looks okay. like. Okay, so all right, so I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to tell you right now, poker players could give. I, I mean, could I care could less. care less. I'd look at it and go, oh yeah, that's real nice. I could care less unless here's I'm a, getting two or jack. three of them. Yeah, so you know, as a poker player, oh yeah, it's real cute for the moment. And that's it. Um, as a is poker that, room is manager. That a, is that a, what would we call that, a one-eyed jack? Uh, yes, that would be a one-eyed <laughs> jack. It's usually, I believe, it's hard it's to tell, the almost. hearts and the spade, uh, the, I believe, are the one-eyed jacks. Okay. Uh, it's been a while since I've looked at a deck. But. Okay, but besides the modern designs, uh, they have a, a new custom index, and I'll explain that in just a minute, and also are made with a high-quality, durable plastic. So, uh, the, obviously, the reason for it is the problems they've had out on the World Series of Poker. Everybody complained last year in the beginning of the series that these cards went one or one or two orbits, and they were all marked. Yeah, and, uh, and, and when, not, they say not mark, when they not, say not mark, they're not, they're not marked. Just, yeah. It's that, that players love to pick up the corner. Right, right. And when the quality of you know the plastic that they use for it you know, doesn't bend properly, you, know, you start putting creases in it really, really quick. So, you know, and you, and you kind of can't get away from that because that's just the style that people look at their cards. Um, you know, uh, if you ever watch a, a Baccarat, you know, Baccarat has a, a lot of, uh, a, you know, uh, Asians who play the game. Right. And they love to just crumple it up. So they go more more to like a, a paper card. So so it's it's one time around and, and right. you discard it, you know. But in poker, you it's not feasible for a poker room to constantly do that. For me as a poker room manager, and I guarantee you this is what they're all looking at, they could care less how nice the design of the kings and the jacks and the queens are, you know, how nice they look, you know, and I can guarantee you that 98, 99% of poker players could care less what they look like as long as they're getting them. That's all they care about. 
is that the quality when you put them into the machines that it doesn't mess up shufflers. Right. Okay, because that that's a big problem. How much dirt they pick up, because that's usually how the shufflers get all messed up. Right. The, the, you, you'd be shocked because your hands are sweating, people's hands are sweating, and then the the natural dust that you don't see too much on the tables gets stuck to these cards. And then eventually they get into the shuffler, and the shuffler breaks down, and then players get pissed off and all of that. And then the durability that they don't crack when they get a little dry. So... If if those cards don't do that, they don't fade, they don't crack, and they don't they don't jam up the the shuffler machine, then this gentleman is going to be extremely wealthy. <laughs> well, he has a relationship with some people at the World Poker Tour, including Adam Pliska uh, and Donnie Peters, uh, David Gitter, uh, Warren Woodall. So that's how he got involved with them, and now his card is uh, is known as the official preferred playing card of the WPT. So uh, that's going to be used in some events uh, upcoming very soon. Let's hope uh, they've run the proper test yeah. because they didn't do it before with other card companies right. that have tried there was to a come card into the Modiano market. that came to the World and Series they and they had some problems with do that Do you one? remember now going even further back, maybe 15 years, 20 years ago, they had the one company that came up with the different colors. You know, the hearts were red, the spades were black, the clubs were blue, the diamonds were green. You know, and they thought that they would make it right, much right, easier right. so players wouldn't get confused for flushes, right. and the players hated them. The players hated them. And they, I don't know how much it cost them. I don't know what deal they made with that particular card company that came up with that design. Well, the WPT feels like, uh, you know, this is the right quality of cards. Sometimes cards, as you mentioned, could be too thick. They're not flexible. Uh, they can be too thin, and uh, even if it's 100% plastic uh, as uh, casino-grade, uh, they do vary in uh, in uh, balance of flexibility and And, and I'm going to tell you this right now because, unfortunately, where I worked, uh, it happens. They have to be strong enough so that the shufflers who put a stress on them don't mark the cards themselves. Now, granted, in tournaments, most tournaments, they don't use shufflers, but in a cash game, which, you know, you're going to have so many players, you're going to have cash games using the shufflers, you know, the, if the quality of the card isn't good enough, the shuffler itself will mark the cards. Okay. Anyway, it's going to be used at the uh, WPT LAPC main event uh, coming up uh, uh, later this month, and also uh, it's going to be regularly used out there on the WPT. So uh, good luck to him. It starts out the company from scratch and has it. And uh, one last question before we go to break. Uh, what did you look for when you were getting cards? Did you play with them as far as dealing them They're and how tough was that or you didn't have that call no I, I it's not that i didn't have that call it's just there was two companies to deal with i thought the quality of the cards were very similar one may have been slightly better than the other but the price difference was so di- so, so so that wide, was that was the bottom and line. that was actually the bottom line <laughs> yeah it was it definitely was the bottom line because the state you know, most people here don't know this, but the state states that you can't use cards more than 90 days. And you have to mark, you have to, each card, it, it's like a library. You remember the old library when you took out the right. library book and they stamped the date on it? Well, you have to put out the dates. So I had Mondays, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and over a certain period of time, all of a sudden, even though these, uh, not all of them, obviously, but even though half of them could have been very good to continue to use for another month or two, we had to get rid of them and rebuy, yeah. you know, so that's an expense, 
And guess what? You know, you kind of learn as a manager at this point that, hey, you know, bottom lines matter, <laughs> right. you know, when you have to answer to your bosses as to why the expenses are at this level instead of at this level. Okay. Well, we'll take our final break. We're just about done with the show, but we'll be back with some final thoughts after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Okay, just a couple of minutes left on this final segment, and uh, interesting uh, uh, things that you go through as a card room manager. And people, uh, people don't even do not come know, close don't, to seeing this. Not only do they not see it, but they could care less. They expect everything to be taken care of. Uh, only when there's a problem will they bring up uh, a discussion of it. Oh, right? obviously. So that's why you're constantly battling these things. You know, everyone loved the shuffler until a freaking shuffler goes down. And then you have to go through the process of unplugging it, see if it's just the plugging, it's this, that. And now they're screaming because they can't get hands out. You know, it's and I and I tell him I go you're upset. I go listen, we're not dealing, so we can't be raking. The dealer's upset because he can't he or she can't get hands out to get tipped on, possibly tipped on them. You know, and and I don't understand because the shufflers to me were almost uh, with the troubles that I had at, at at Miami Highlight and the troubles that I saw at Dania Highlight. You understand. I don't know. I don't know if the bottom line figure on this. It's more that the customers have gotten used to it, but I don't see how the bottom line on on these things, you know, with the way some of them constantly go down and the time you lose changing them, it, I think the advantage is very, very, very small, negligible for for the establishment, at least from my point of view. Right. The company is going to give you all these numbers. I just I've heard them. I've seen them. 
I don't, you know, it's just something that I think the players in the industry has gotten used to. They've done a great job of selling this. But these machines that are in constant use, ones in Miami Highlight, the ones I've seen at Dania, they're constantly supposed to be upgrading them. But I've seen them denting the cards, as I was explaining to you on the break, uh, breaking down way too often because of the dust. They're too sensitive. And, you know, at this moment... I don't see a great advantage to having them. It, to me, it's it's a very minute the advantage that you get from a card room to the. Exp- I think I think what it is is the little extra that you're making. It's almost what you're paying the company for the machines. So, right. Exactly. You know, you could just hand shuffle, but everybody has them, so you got to have them. Okay, I can tell you that uh, event five at the U.S. Poker Open, Jake Schindler has now taken a bit of a lead, about 4.7 million chips to Ben Tolerines. Uh, 1.975, so uh, that's coming down near the end. And uh, event number six, we're uh, still at about, uh, we're up to 35 entries now. Maybe some people got back in, they got knocked out. 26 players left. Chip leader is Daniel Negreanu, and uh, we'll give you the results next week of the final four events of the U.S. Poker Open. But having fun watching it. We'll watch some more this week. Uh, A few other things to talk about next week. We'll get to those. And uh, don't forget that uh, the circuit event up at the Seminole Coconut Creek starts tomorrow. And uh, we'll be heading over there probably this weekend and, of course, the following weekend for the main event to check it out. So uh, we'll give you a report and uh, look forward to another show coming up next week here on Poker Action Line. Gio, thank you for all your help as usual. Joe, thank you. And a fun show. Enjoy talking about some of these things. And we'll do more of that next week. Here on, on Valentine's Day next week. Absolutely. <laughs> the views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.